You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist podcast, episode number 167. Three shit show lessons. <laughs> All right, y'all. So I've had kind of a rough week, um, meaning I handled a pretty big shit show. Now, for those of you that are new here, <laughs> um, I define a shit show as one of those cases that that is what it is, right? We, it's one of those cases that um, you don't know if you'll recover from it. You um, spend weeks thinking about it afterwards, maybe longer. Um, it's one of those cases that sticks with you for forever. And we all have our own shit shows. We have some that we that are probably coming to mind right now. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, especially if you're an OBGYN out there listening. So um, when when uh, how, how this kind of got its name though, y'all, is that in my program, you know, the Happy Gynecologist Group, we do coaching, right? And so um, oftentimes we have cases that. We can't talk about the details, right? Um, legally, we want to protect ourselves. And so I tell everybody, like, no, we're not, you don't give me the details, just say, hey, I had a shit show case. It was a shit show. Um, I know what that means, <laughs> okay? And so y'all know what that means, right? You do now. Um, but that's all I need to know. I don't need to know the details of what happened or what you did. All I need to know is what you're thinking about it, what you're feeling about it, and we can start to process that. So, that's where we came up with, you know, a shit show, right? Um, and so <laughs> today um, I want to talk to you about three kind of new lessons that I've learned um, as it partakes to moving through and processing a shit show, okay? Um, those of you that have been around for a while, you are familiar with probably episode number 36. Um, which is how to handle the shit show. So <laughs> if you are new here, go way back in the archives, go back to episode 36, how to handle the shit show. And uh, that'll kind of dive in on some of it as well. Okay. Um, but for today, you know, I want to um, kind of walk you through th- kind of three of the lessons that I kind of watched unfolding in real time, um, as I went through this case and as I, um, and now I'm on, and on the other side of it and, and processing it, uh, more fully. And so, um, you know, things that, things that you need to know is that there's a trigger warning here. Okay. This was a, uh, OB case with a bad outcome. Okay. So I won't give you the details cause it's a shit show, but you can infer, um, but if you are someone out there that has not processed your own shit show um, in the past, this may be triggering for you. And what I mean by that is, is it may bring up anxiety and and or PTSD-like feelings of being right back there and re-triggering you into, like re-triggering your trauma or your traumatic response, okay? So uh, it may put you into fight or flight if if you are not prepared for that. So this is your warning, okay? Um, I don't ever want someone out there listening to this to be caught by surprise, so uh, that's why I say that, okay? Um, and then the other thing I want you to know is that if this hits home, um, or if you have been on the fence or thinking about it, I want you to know that we, um, as of this podcast airing, <laughs> still have, or as of this podcast recording, I guess, still have one spot open 
for the January Happy Gynecologist group. Um, and so if you were kind of on the fence or you um, thought, oh, dang it, I missed out on the sign up, go sign up. Okay. <laughs> That's your spot. <laughs> Maybe it was meant for you. Um, and so, you know, it'll fill. Um, it will uh, by January, I know. So don't wait. Um, but I want you to know that that there is a spot left. Um, and because it's not something I, I go around announcing, I guess, usually. So, I, you know, like on social media or anything like that or to, to the email list. So so for my, my listeners that are out there, you know, you guys are the ones we do this for um, because we, we love you. We're here to support you. Okay. So if you're thinking about it or if you're thinking about how you want to buy yourself a Christmas gift, that's a great Christmas gift to get yourself. Okay. Um, get yourself what you really want. Um, and that is a life free of burnout and a life as an OBGYN where you can thrive despite all of medicine's bullshit, including shit shows like what we're going to talk about today. So anyway, okay. So as far as, you know, details of this, right? So you, you guys don't have to use too much of an imagination, um, to, you know, maybe even picture what was going on for me this week, but um, and I don't say this in a way to like gain your pity. I'm not looking for your feelings, right? Like um, I'm, you know, but it was, it was one of those tough cases where it's kind of, it, it feels like it's one of those unthinkable things, like it shouldn't happen. Um, and, you know, it's on the labor and delivery floor and it just, it, it makes you just question everything, right? And so I, I definitely, like, as I was moving through this case, which was very traumatic to me and to my patients, of course, and her family, and all the nurses, of course, um, you know, I noticed that there were kind of three main themes that I noticed as I kind of moved through this. And it was, it was almost actually kind of bizarre um, being, like, on this side of things, like, I am not typically like, like I kind of think of myself as like, okay, there's like before coaching and after coaching almost, right? Like my typical self, like I still, I guess, I still, I guess view myself as someone who does not handle this well. Okay. Um, who does, right? Like I, I think that there are people out there that I have seen handle it better than, than I did. And so I I wanted to model that. Right. But also like I was very notorious before coaching and you guys have heard me talk about it here for not feeling. (laughs) And so like, if something like this happened, I would just not feel, um, I would not acknowledge my feelings. I would not feel my feelings. I feel nothing mostly. Um, and I would just be like, yeah, that's super sad. Like, I just like remember going through this with people in the past and thinking, God, they must have thought I was a robot or something like that. Kind of judging myself, right? Like, oh my goodness, they, I I don't know what they thought, but I think that about me whenever I think back on how I handled some of those shit shows in the past where um, I had no feelings and I didn't feel. And I was like on the outside looking in, I was like, oh yeah, this is sad. And my patient is sad and, you know, something bad happened, right? And so I think that, you know, that used to be me and I would, t- it would take a lot of work to keep those feelings down. Right. So, um, which included for me, unfortunately, like binge eating. <laughs> okay. I would just come home and like binge out on sugar and 
carbs and sweets um, to try to numb my feelings. And some people do that by having a stiff drink whenever they come home or three, you know, three or four, maybe a glass of wine. Oh, it's a bottle of wine, right? Um, some people do that with like, you know, gambling or shopping. Like, let me just buy myself something nice. This will help me feel better. Um, you know, I deserve a treat after all of that shit show that I just went through, right? And so we can all relate to that on some level. So, but I just want you to know, like, it's kind of bizarre to, to like watch these lessons unfold, knowing how I used to handle these things. Okay. So I want you to know that like, if I can make these changes, you can too, friend, because I am not superhuman. Okay. This is not, you know, like this is not something that's super hard to do. It's really not. It's just takes some practice is all. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's what I want you to know. So the first lesson that I learned um, making it through this shit show was that number one, like you have to allow everybody involved to have the right to their feelings, including yourself. Okay. So like I had that part down, right? Like I'm like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good. I know I have to feel my feelings, right? That's part of my shit show plan, right? Like I have a plan of I'm going to Whenever shit show happens, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to cancel clinic. Okay. I'm going to cancel some clinic. I'm going to say, Hey, I am not going to be in the best state to make those decisions. I know that about myself. I'm going to move people. Okay. I'm going to take some downtime if I need it. And so I basically took most of the day yesterday, um, even though this was something that happened in the morning. And so we cancel clinic, we move clinic, um, I didn't know uh, at the time how long it was going to take. So it, it, um, you know, to kind of wrap this case up. And so it was, uh, first just because of timing, like I'm going to be over here. I'm needed here more than I'm needed in the clinic, that kind of thing at the hospital. Um, but then, you know, also it's like, okay, yeah, but I'm also going to need some time. Um, and so, so that's part of my shit show plan is I take time. And if I need more time, I will, I will cancel the next day too, or I will take downtime y'all. Okay. So that's in part of my plan is that like, I'm very real with myself and if I need time, I will. Um, the next part of my shit show plan is like, you know, the things you do once you get home. And so that's, you know, connecting, I, I need to connect with my husband, I need to have like a big long squeeze hug. I need to have like a bubble bath. I need to snuggle under my favorite snuggly blanket to feel safe. You know, I know these things. Okay. These are part of my, you know, my plan. Um, I need to hug other people. I need to take deep breaths and really focus on my breathing and process how I feel, you know, so I know what I need to do. And so I know I need to acknowledge my feelings, but part of this is, is that I also learned that like to move through this and to help your patient move through this, you have to allow everybody involved to have their own feelings and they have the right to their feelings. And so it's kind of this process of acknowledging every single person's feelings is valid. They're allowed, they're okay. And this is how you make it through a shit show in a way that is loving and supportive for your patient and their family and those around you without getting defensive, without um, ripping someone's head off, without, you know, like getting angry. Um, and so, so when the unthinkable happens and your patient, you know, so, so kind of is this unthinkable thing that happened and my patient couldn't accept it, right? Allowing that to be okay, right? Being okay with her not accepting the, the, like the facts, right? 
And so we all know that grief happens in different stages, right? We know that denial is going to be there. But not trying to convince my patient that she needs to feel a different way, okay? Even if that meant ordering another formal ultrasound because she didn't believe my ultrasound or the first two formal ultrasounds that I had already ordered and we already did, right? Her, her heart could not accept it yet. And allowing that to be okay, accepting that that's where she is and that that is where she needs to be because that's where she's at, right? I'm not trying to convince her to feel a different way. I'm not trying to like argue with her that these are the facts, right? I'm not getting frustrated with her that, you know, that that's how it is, right? Or that, that she should believe me and my ultrasound. Why wouldn't she believe me? You know, no, not getting there. That's like going to generate a lot of extra drama, a lot of extra negative feelings, okay, for everybody. And so, so allowing her to be where she's at and being okay with that, accepting it wholeheartedly, that she has not accepted the, the facts of the matter, okay? You know, the, the next way I saw this was like, you know, she um, was on the phone and she was telling her spouse um, that he needed to come. And I could hear him, he's on speaker, and he was angry and he was questioning you know, like that, that we must be really shitty at our jobs. And we didn't know what we we're talking about. And, you know, he was very angry and he's very confused. And he, you know, you know, was questioning, you know, it must be just a shitty hospital. Like what kind of place is this that, that you're, you know, your doctor's working at or where you're at. Right. Um, and so just allowing his anger, his confusion, and then acknowledging it. Right. And once he got there, you know, like telling him, like, I wish it were true. I wish that, the reason that I'm telling you this is because I sucked and I'm actually wrong. <laughs> like agreeing with that. Like, of course I wish I, it was because I was just shitty at my job and that this wasn't the truth, right? Or that this wasn't the fact. Because that would make more sense than a baby without a heartbeat, right? And so, you know, that uh, having that other person there in front of you with feelings and allowing them to have their feelings, acknowledging that their feelings are valid. Yes. Yes. You are allowed to feel angry. You are allowed to question if I'm a shitty person, if I'm, I'm a bad doctor, if I'm bad at my job, of course, because that makes more sense right now than what's going on. And I agree with that. Um, you know, when the nurse that's caring for your patient can't do it because she's grieving the loss of her own child at home, Right, and, and she admits she doesn't think she can give this patient the care that she needs. Just like acknowledging that, like as so valid and so brave to say in the healthcare setting that I don't think I can do this because it's not good for the patient, it's not good for me. That is so, so brave. And I really, really admired um, that whenever I saw that. But then I realized like she needed to hear that her feelings were okay too. Um, otherwise she was going to beat herself up, uh, and say, you know, like tell herself like, Oh, I'm just a shitty nurse. I can't even take care of this patient. Right. Like we need to be there for each other, no matter who we are in this situation. If we're, you know, there with the, the nurse, they were there with the family, you know, if we're the physician, whatever, everybody has feelings and everybody has the right to their feelings, including ourselves, of course. Right. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm going to say that, right? Acknowledging and deeply feeling your own sadness, your own confusion. Um, and, and 
knowing that there is likely some dirty pain there. Okay, we've talked about dirty pain. Um, go back and listen to that episode. It's just called Dirty Pain. Um, I don't remember what number it is, but uh, you know, search in the the uh, Apple podcast. You know, Happy Gynecology Dirty Pain, um, and and. What that is 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 basically self-generated pain from arguing with the facts of the matter, from arguing with reality. Okay, we're questioning reality, and then we feel all this extra pain is one example, right? Um, and just knowing that whenever a shit show happens is that we're going to have a lot of dirty pain, right? We're going to think, shouldn't be like this, this isn't right, it's not fair. Um, and I, a lot of times you'll be in that, and you won't realize it in the moment, and I don't usually, I usually am in a lot of dirty pain until I get home and I can journal um, or I can talk with a coach or I can debrief with someone. And I realized that kind of in the moment of this situation for the first time, which was interesting because I was really wallowing in it and really feeling, I was really feeling angry. And um, I was feeling this is kind of this dirty pain. And I walked, I walked dad to the elevator Okay, because we, we have some construction on our L&D right now. We have a new L&D unit, which is gorgeous, but you have to like go through this maze to get to the elevators. And so I like was like showing him where to go personally. Um, and so on our, our walk through this construction maze, I admitted to him that I, I will never understand why this happens. And it actually makes me angry um, every time it does. And he told me, he said, he said this sentence that probably will change my life, but it's going to stick with me for sure. He said, well, then it probably wasn't meant for you to understand it. And while he probably meant that in like a religious undertone, I'm, you know, you can take it how you want, but how I, how I think that it really sticks with me is, yeah, like <laughs> if I'm questioning why this happened and arguing with reality, maybe it wasn't meant for me to understand, um, because whenever I acknowledge, like, yeah, like, I so deeply wish I understood why this happened. Why do I want that? Well, because then I wouldn't feel this way, right? So a lot of my dirty pain comes with a lot of questioning, usually, of like, why is it happening this way? Or saying it shouldn't have happened this way. Um, and coming to the realization, whenever this dad told me, well, then it probably wasn't meant for you to understand it. And he was right. He, I, I, it's not meant for me to understand. Understanding doesn't exist in this situation. It's not, no one understands in this situation. It's not a thing. It's not real. Um, and I came to this kind of conclusion that it's, it's painful either way, right? And questioning why it happened or why it happened to such good people or why it happened this time of year or, you know, what, you know, why did it happen right before Christmas or whatever? You know, all that does is keep me spinning out in dirty pain. And that's a way that I can then further avoid feeling my feelings, right? It's a way to avoid feeling the grief and the sadness and the anguish that will possibly or likely come in if I actually acknowledge my feelings truthfully, right? If I'm authentic with myself and I'm not lying to myself, that's what's going to come up, Right. So yeah, so it's not meant for me to understand, it's meant for me to feel. And so, so I think that that's a very important lesson that, that I've learned in this. The, the second lesson is that active connection um, is how we can process traumas without them affecting us long term. And what I mean by that is like purposeful, intentional 
and like vulnerable connection with other people, with the people around us without fear of judgment or without fear of, you know, anybody trying to help us feel a different way, you know, sharing, sharing and connecting what you have witnessed and experienced. I think that that is what is very vital sometimes in these situations. And I don't mean, okay, we're going to do a debriefing team, like, and you go through a checklist. I don't really mean like that. I mean, like checking in with the nurses, checking in with the patient's family that's not your patient. Like, hey, how you doing, grandma? I know you're over there, you're, you know, you're being kind of tough, but you don't have to be, you know. I know I try and be tough too, and and I know how it goes. You know, we don't we don't all have to be tough this whole time. You know, just checking in with people and having a purposeful, intentional, and vulnerable connection with them. And um, after after this shit show, I uh, went back to the office and um, was talking with my nurse and my uh, my MA. And uh, my MA had personally had an IUFD um, years ago. And I'd actually kind of forgotten about that because um, she didn't talk about it much. But I remember my nurse telling me about it, that that our MA had had that. And so I don't think she'd ever really talked to me about it. But she told me her story um, briefly and, and said that one of the most memorable and one of the most positive things that helped her you know, through that. And as she looks back on that was that whenever she found out her doctor actually like sat down on her hospital bed, held her close and they just both cried and cried. They just held each other and cried. And as she told me this, like she, she told me this story with a smile on her face, like in a, a positive memory for her. And that blew me away y'all because what I had just done was essentially that I had allowed myself to feel feelings. I had purposefully and intentionally connected with this patient, even though it made me uncomfortable to do that. I held her and cried and I hugged her, her mama and her daddy and her, you know, everybody in her family, her sisters, everybody, you know, her, um, the, the baby's dad, you know, I, I, we'd all been having our emotions together without judgment and without like allowing, we were allowing everybody to, to have that. And, you know, my MA telling me this is such an amazing thing because here she is, she's an MA that's been working in our women's clinic for like 10 or 15 years now, even though she went through that. And I want you to think about what a feat that is, because I've had patients that aren't a lot, you know, aren't allowing themselves or maybe not even allowing themselves. They, they aren't capable of walking back in my door to see me because they have such bad memories, right? It's such a traumatic thing, right? And, and of course, like, of course they do. Like, that is something that I cannot even imagine. But, you know, here is my MA telling me this. And she had other people encouraging her to process her feelings they're with her supporting her and saying that your feelings are valid. And I'm not saying she wasn't traumatized by it, but how amazing is it? Like it is a, it speaks volumes that she's able to be in my office every day and that she was able to process that enough. And I, and she, she kind of said, you know, that was the best thing was that my doctor sat there and we, and just held me and let me cry. And she cried with me. And so I want you to think about that the next time that you are feeling emotions in front of a patient um, or that you're ashamed of feeling 
emotions in front of a patient or you're scared to feel emotions in front of a patient or just scared to feel emotions, right? That was me. You know, I'm raising my hand right now a few years ago, right? Like I, I was not going to feel. Mm-mm. So, and I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of trauma research out there. Um, you guys know, I, I love, I love all the books, um, but uh, Bruce Perry, Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah's book, the What Happened to You, excellent, excellent book on trauma, but he talks about, he visited the Maori people in New Zealand and got to learn from their elders and their medicine men. And what he talks about learning in, in kind of the realm of trauma was that many things that we talk about in, you know, our, our medicine, right? Like depression and anxiety and trauma and PTSD and like that doesn't translate to the Maori people. Um, the medicine men there would tell, you know, told him that essentially all of that was like the same. <laughs> and all of those were just like symptoms caused by a lack of community or a lack of connection. So a lack of connection with other people or a lack of community like within your tribe. And so what what he talks about is that like whenever we're allowed to tell our story and we're allowed to be surrounded by people that accept us and accept our feelings no matter what without judgment, okay? We process our stress and our traumas in a way such that they don't haunt us until the end of our days, right? Will we always remember this? Yes, of course. Will it always hurt whenever we look back? Probably. But nothing like it would if we shoved it down and moved on to the next patient and hold it in and avoid it and then try to cover it up with a stiff drink and dessert at home, right? Like we're going to, if we don't process it, it's going to stick with us uh, even more, right? So um, I want you to think about that too in the setting of trying to be strong for, um, you know, for the nurses or for the team. Like, yes, in the moment we're making medical decisions, but what about right after, Right. Do you always have to be strong? Why do you always have to be the strong one? Um, what if some of those people that are going through that with you would benefit from seeing you feel your feelings? And what if you would benefit from feeling your feelings with them? Okay, I want you to think about that. Consider that. Um, what if feeling feelings doesn't make you a bad person? Because <laughs> that's that's the theme of this whole podcast. It doesn't. <laughs> okay. The third lesson that I think that really hit me during this shit show was that I can't ever, as much as I try, (laughs) I can't ever fix someone else's feelings. And I think that this, you know, we're always reminded of this, you know, but we're we're fixers. We want to ease the pain. We want other people to be happy with us. We want them to not hurt. You know, we want to, um, we want to make it better, right? That's, that's who we are. Um, but there are some hurts that we can never ease. And I think that I know that, you know that, we all know that, right? Um, but something I really focused on during this shit show is saying out loud and to myself, you know, to my patient and to myself, like, I know there's nothing I can say or do to take this pain away. And, you know, I don't even have the words to describe how painful it must be for you, but we're going to find a way through it together, right? And, I think I, I told that to the patient and her family and I told it to myself and I believe that like we, we can't 
take that pain away. And I think, you know, I, I noticed myself trying to do things um, before I started saying this out loud, like almost like to correct myself, right? Um, because I noticed in the moment that I was trying to um, be the soother, like a, trying to be the carer, the fixer. I was like, oh, let me get another pillow. Do you need a, do you need a, uh, anything to drink? Do you need, you know, I was like, it's like, I was like, you know, that's what we do in the South, right? We like bring a casserole and, a, you know, um, a glass of tea, right? <laughs> Iced tea. Um, and you know, what can I do? You know, um, we're, we're the helpers. Whenever something is going wrong, we jump into action to help. And, that's supposed to make other people feel better, right? And so in, and I don't know if that's how it is where you are, you know, maybe, maybe my, uh, my Northern gals need to tell me, right? That like, is there some sort of custom in your, you know, or like where everybody, you know, tries to join and take care of people or some, some version of that so that the people can feel better, right? Like if you go to a funeral, like, are you, how are you, you know, treating the family? Are you trying to help them um, so that they feel better, right? Um, and I think that that's something that's very common here is like, like yes, if I just help enough, then they will not feel so sad. They will not have so many feelings, right? They won't, they won't do as badly, right? Um, and I think that that is something I saw myself doing. I was like getting a warm blanket and like, let me show you to the elevator, dad. Yes, no, I will take you there myself. You know, like just trying to fix um, and take actions to fix uh, other people's feelings. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of hit me uh, that, no, there's actually, there's nothing I can say. Um, there's nothing I can do. And, and, you know, we're going to find a way through it, of course. Um, and so I think just reminding myself that because pain is part of it, right? Pain is part of our life. And I know we say that we know that, you know, inherently, but pain exists because we love so deeply, right? Like we, we love our children so deeply and this is why this is so painful, right? Or, um, you know, it's kind of that if we never knew what loss was, we would never truly know what love is, right? All of our feelings would be the same. They'd kind of be this like middle of the road, mediocre feeling. We wouldn't have highs or lows. We wouldn't have love, but we also wouldn't have loss and grief and despair, <laughs> right? And so I think that just acknowledging that, of course, this is supposed to be painful and there's nothing that I can do, um, no amount of fixing or helping that will ease that. Um, and I can help ease physical pain. I, I kind of differentiated that with my patient this time too, was like, how is your physical pain? Um, I know the emotional pain I cannot change, but how is your physical pain doing? You know, just acknowledging that, yes, this is painful. Yes, this is beyond what I can even describe in painful, um, but I'm here for you, right? And so being a helper or a fixer in a way that's not trying to get rid of their pain, right, is, is I think the third lesson that can help you, you know, move through and help your patient at the same time move through a shit show, right? Um, and so those are the three shit show lessons, okay? So I want you to ask yourself, you know, um, you know, am I allowing everybody else to have their feelings, right? Am I allowing dad to be angry? Am I allowing my patient to be in denial? Am I allowing myself 
to, to feel sad? Um, am I acknowledging that those feelings are fine? They're okay. They are allowed. Um, why or why not, right? Am I trying to change how my patient feels um, about this? Am I trying to convince her that this is the reality, right? Am I trying to convince myself that it shouldn't, shouldn't be this way or it should be different or something like that, right? Um, and then, you know, how, um, how, how am I going to help, you know, how am I going to help my patient by connecting to them? Um, how am I going to help myself by connecting with others, right? Those are some good questions to ask yourself, you know, um, what does it mean about me if I have feelings in front of other people? What if it actually helps other people if I have feelings in front of them, right? That's the main thing I want you to ask yourself. And then, yeah, like, am I trying to um, change how someone feels by the actions I'm taking? Am I trying to fix their grief by getting them a glass of water, <laughs> showing them to the elevator, right? What am I trying to accomplish with that? What am I avoiding feeling by taking all these actions and trying to you know, change how they feel? What am I avoiding feeling by doing all that? Because that's what I was doing. I was just trying to like feel differently by taking all those actions too, right? I just wanted to be like, all right, no, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to help someone, right? If I help someone, then I can feel good about myself, <laughs> right? How many of you do that, right? Um, it's better than hurting. It's better than feeling grief and sadness and anguish and despair. And so, so ask yourself that the next time that you are you know, processing a shit show, um, and if you haven't listened to um, How to Handle This Shit Show, go back to episode 36 for sure, okay? All right, friend. I hope you guys have a great, great week. And if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, my friend. And I will talk to you guys next week. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, the Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com. <laughs>